the final dynamite before double or nothing is in the books and i am joined by my good friend tom limbry i am jeremy graves welcome to bunker mania wrestling we're going to talk about this dynamite it was on the final sort of road if you will to double or nothing and uh tom i think it is fair to say as a sort of very quick thing before we get to some housekeeping and stuff that um this dynamite was fine yeah i thought i thought it was a uh, a nice easy show to watch wasn't really much newsworthy coming out of it, apart from uh, Sabu, which we'll get into in a moment, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. And um, a new tag team signing with All Elite Wrestling. But mm-hmm. yeah, it was it was, it was was an easy watch and an easy tie-up show before the pay-per-view. Indeed, if you are a first-time listener and or watcher to Bunker Mania Wrestling, thank you very much for giving us a chance and we hope that you enjoy the show. If you feel so inclined, why not hit the subscribe button, be it on your podcast platform of choice or on YouTube. You can find our big podcast archives where we've got lots of great discussion about the world of wrestling. So this Dynamite as a whole, the way I think I would describe it is, with it being sort of the final again like the final road to double or nothing this is kind of like cement the fact you're going to stay up and in our case going to stay up late and watch it and such you're going to buy the show this was a pretty fillery episode of dynamite to me nothing of massive consequence happened but by consequence i mean there was nothing significant as like a final stage of right they're gonna meet sunday let's freaking make this happen there were one or two bits but i think the first glaring omission is the basically the lack of virtually any follow-up to the un- the elite reuniting, which is how the show closed last week. Yeah, I, I yeah they didn't really touch on that at all, did they? I wonder if there was sort of a last-minute change there or something. Mm. But at the same time, I mean, I think that's a match you don't really have to sell that much. Mm. And I think the Blackpool Combat Club do a really good job of selling anything Agreed. that they're involved in on their own. Because you've got two good... Um, people that do the promos, Danielson and Moxley. Mm. So, I don't know. I mean, it would have been nice seeing an elite promo or something backstage, but you wonder, like, did something change? There was no Kenny at all. Mm. I mean, there was something with Adam Page, but that felt a bit pre-tapey. Yeah, it was just a little quick sort of backstage promo with him basically saying, talking about where their friendship stands and him just kind of going, Kenny and I may not have necessarily always have been friends, but the elite, I've realised now we're a family. Yeah, That was sort of his mentality of it, which it was a nice thing. But just again, even in the final segment, we might as well talk about that. The main event was the ROH tag title match with the Lucha Bros defending it against Claudio and Wheeler. Great match. I really, really enjoyed it. Ultimately, it came down to Claudio basically being prevented from getting in the ring by the Young Bucks who were hiding under the ring. Alex Abrahantes was distracting the ref. The Lucha Bros hit the Fear Factor pile driver combo double stomp thing that they do on Wheeler, and then they got the pin. That's what it came down to. But it was a really fun match, and I kind of thought, oh, we're going to get like probably like a bit of a big brawl now before the show closes. And no, the Bucks just ran out into the crowd. They went up the stairs a little bit. Moxley came out. We got a bit of a promo in the ring by Moxley where he promised it was basically going to be the most violent match in AEW history. So if you're squeamish, buckle the heck up, essentially. But that was it. That was the follow-up to the unique... I can't even say that, can I? I've done it twice now. The Elite reuniting, which has been built up for how many years now? A good couple of years. And and this was the follow-up to that really great moment last week. I think that, I, as I say, I, I do think... They might have had a 
slight change of plans there somewhere along the way. Mm. But at the same time, I mean, it's... I think it's a match you don't need too much selling on at the same time. Uh, you know, it's, it's going to be anarchy in the arena, and if Moxley says it's going to be brutal, it's going to be brutal, and you, you're already there, like, waiting for it to happen. Mm. So I don't feel that match needed too much to do, but the elite reuniting could have done with a bit more... Focus. ...of a tie-up, yeah. yeah. Or just even something, even just like a pre-tape backstage promo together, like after the segment had happened, which they've occasionally done with MJF before, where like he's done something one week, he's not there the next week, but they've got comments from him recorded immediately after. But do you think, uh, I mean, the viewership is high numbers, but like, mm -hmm. do you think they expect people to watch Being the Elite to get that tie-up of them all getting back together? Maybe, but they never mention it on TV. This is true, but at the same time, like, do you think they expect people to go and find it on YouTube? Yeah, I suppose. I mean, th there is an element which I guess I'm I'm sort of trying to do this more from a logical point of view, but there is an element where we are part of this AEW audience, which is actually a pretty hardcore wrestling fan audience, all things being said. So it is just one of those deals where, in the grand scheme of things, people who want to find out more, they will. No, people, definitely, yeah, People yeah, yeah. will go and seek it out. So I do get it from now. I, tr I just want to see it happen on AEW television. No, but, I agree, hmm. but there, there is only so much time. Uh, there's only so much time in a week to do the, the show. Yeah. And they've got a lot to fit in before the pay-per-view. And as I say, I, I don't think it's a match that needs overly selling. It's just, it would have been nice to get the elite tie-up and them back together, but I'm all good either way. Yeah, I'm still excited for it. Also, kind of carrying on from the, one of the last videos we did together, which was focusing on what's going to be the main event of Double or Nothing, based on this show, I would still guess it's Anarchy in the Arena. I would think so now. Definitely the way they put yesterday's show together mm. and the way they focused that on at the end of the show. Mm. I definitely think, yeah, that's probably going to be the main event, which I have no problem with at all. Agreed. And if you do actually want to hear our podcast or watch it on YouTube of us discussing that very topic, you can go into the archives right now of Bunker Mania Wrestling and find that podcast. Elsewhere on the show, let's talk about Chris Jericho and Adam Cole. They had a contract signing for their unsanctioned match, which the reason they did that, which I actually thought was a really nice touch. They actually clarified this is unsanctioned, but the reason they're having a contract signing is to basically make sure AEW is not liable for whatever the hell happens. I do, I do enjoy a good contract signing, and this has got to be the first one where there was no physicality. Yeah, they they very there was no actual physicality. Yeah, well, not by the participants anyway, but but they uh, they did make it known that they both people had agreed not to. Jericho was egging on Cole for letting his significant other being brutally attacked and whatnot. They had like a little video thing. Cole was getting really hot over it. Cole actually did a really great promo as well, saying all the ways he was basically going to pretty much mutilate Chris Jericho in some ways. It was an interesting, interesting promo, yes. But uh, but the big thing about it was Jericho pointed out, look, there's two of you, i.e. Cole and Strong. There's five of us, the JAS. You know, you're a bit outnumbered, buddy. I don't think you thought this through properly. And then Adam Cole says... Oh, yeah, I, I thought about that. But I, I, I hit up someone I know who lives in Las Vegas. And then there's a bit of a buzz in the crowd. And he starts going about, it's someone who I've idolised growing up, who I've sort of really been watching over the years. And then he starts saying he is suicidal. It was a great leading. Homicidal. Amazing. Genocidal. 
and he just says Sabu, and I think everyone, Taz included, just went, what? <laughs> it was a wonderful I, moment. I love Sabu, and I've seen him live loads of times, and like, I mean, his body's broken, and you can tell when he walks through, and he's just had his hip replaced, I think, hasn't he? Yeah, I, I thought that, because there was and, a big, big news thing about it recently, wasn't there? And uh, I, I mean, I'm a huge fan of Sabu. I mean, I used to watch ECW all the time. Him and Taz having matches, him and Sandman, him and mm. Raven. So when he come out, it's like one of those things you're like, oh, yes. And when you don't know about it, it's even better. So Exactly. And he, like, he, got, he got to throw a chair at Daddy, Maddox, Daddy Magic's face, which was a really great little throw shot. So so the one confusing part about this now, because Cole mentioned Sabu is going to be in his corner yeah, during and the match. Yeah, on the graphic, it says Special Enforcer. Yes. So I wonder if it's kind of a... A two-way thing, like... Mm. Yeah, I don't know. Either way, it's Sabu, who cares? Yeah, and in the grand oh, well. scheme of things, it it's not a massive change to the dynamic of the match. I mean, full disclosure, like I recorded a, pre- a predictions podcast with Ian about the card for Double or Nothing, and part of us meeting today may have actually been having to add a bit more to that based on things that happened. But honestly, nothing else was really announced for the show that affected that, which is a rarity for AEW, because normally there's like a bajillion matches announced in like the last couple of days before a show. But in this instance, there may still be one or two to be announced on Rampage. We've not looked at the spoilers, FYI. But um, but even if there are, I'm still very content with how the show is building and how it's going to be more to the point. What interests me is, uh, I'm sure Jeremy won't mind me saying this, is like they also announced the signing of Aussie Open. Yes. Who, who like were here for a while in the UK training and wrestling all around the country with Revolution Pro and Fight Club and Progress and everybody else in between. And um, that was the biggest newsworthy bit for me. Agreed. And uh, I'd be interested to see if uh, Carl Fletcher's on the pay-per-view because Mark Davis is injured, which leads us to Orange casting Carl Fletcher. Yeah, there was the international title match, which was announced would be happening on Dynamite, and obviously the champion would then be defending the belt in the Battle Royal at Double or Nothing this weekend. And overall, it was a really fun match. Admittedly, from the Fight TV point of view, when it sort of went to the ad break picture-in-picture from a US side of things, I thought the match ground to a complete halt. There was a lot of stalling from Orange Cassidy rolling in and out the ring. But then, from a storyline perspective, you could very easily say he's trying to preserve himself because he's that beaten up. So I get that. And that aside, some excellent stuff in this match. Kyle Fletcher is still great. And I'm, I'm glad he got to have a singles opportunity like this because potentially a really big coming out party for him from an AEW audience point of view. And he's only 24, mm. which is amazing since he's been wrestling for nine years. So it is really cool. But what really interests me is like, who's going to be in the Battle Royal on Sunday? Mm. And are we going to get some like early... Forbidden Door, New Japan guys in there to set up stuff for that. Mm. Or, I don't know, that'd be interesting. But I really enjoyed Carl Fletcher and Orange Cassidy. Fantastic match. Mm. And, yeah. Yeah, pretty simple. Orange Cassidy retained, we should actually say that. Oh, yeah, good point. (laughs) A minor detail there. But he retained, so I think that's his 22nd or 23rd title defence now. 22, yeah. Yeah, it's one or the other. And he's going to go into double or nothing in this blackjack battle royal. In terms of people that are going to be announced, they they didn't announce anyone else on Dynamite. Based on some scuttlebutt online, it sounds like it may be people like the Trustbusters and folks, kind of the lower end of the card, if you will, that may also be added to it. So, I mean, who would you like to see 
just just to because we don't know, but like the prediction, like who would you like to see in it? Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if the Lucha Bros are in it because I think they they just they mix it up very well with that that kind of thing. Uh, the thing is, though, it ultimately depends. Is this like a casino style battle royal? I'm like, not sure is there going to be a Joker entry? Is Orange Cassidy technically the Joker? If that's the case, like, there, there's a lot of unknown variables in this. But given they're specifically just calling it a blackjack battle royal, I'm just guessing it's going to be 20 guys in the ring, or 21 if you include Cassidy. Yeah, I, I do wonder. I was I was thinking. Uh... With Collision starting in a few weeks, mm. uh, they had the promo package for that online earlier. Mm. And it had uh, Miro and Andrade. Funny enough, actually, in the predictions podcast, look, spoilers now, that's actually two people that, that Ian was bringing up who could be involved. But I also saw Scorpio Sky. Oh, really? Okay. Uh, which is really good because Scorpio Sky hasn't been seen or heard of for about a year. Mm. And I, I think it'd be a great thing for him to come back in too to sort of re-establish himself. I mean, I don't think he needs much re-establishing if you've watched AEW from the beginning of what he's done. Mm. But he hasn't been on TV for a while and a lot of things have kind of changed and haven't changed. So it'd be interesting to see if he was in it. And personally, I'd like to see him win it because I've always been a huge fan of uh, Scorpio, Scorpio Sky myself. Scorpio Sky is awesome, genuinely. Yes. I remember seeing him at some PWG shows when I was living in LA for a little bit at film school, like circa late 2004, early 2005. Just had loved him then and then loved him since. Just really, really great. Yeah. I really liked his tag team with Ethan Page as well. And I'm kind of, kind of sucks to see that's over, but I'm wondering if that might get rekindled a little bit. I would hope so because Ethan Page has sort of slid down ever so slightly. Whereas mm. I think those two together, like they, they both helped and built each other. Mm. So, I don't know, yeah, I agree. It'd be nice to see them get back together. Mm. But at the same time, I'd like to see Scorpio Sky come in and have some banger matches. Mm. So, yeah. I guess talking about... Uh, we talked about a tag team now. We might as well focus on the tag team title match for a second because there was a follow-up to this on, on Dynamite in the FTR came out for a promo. And this led to Mark Briscoe coming out, which you kind of thought, okay, where's this going to go? And given it's been now, what, two weeks since Dax did a pile driver on Mark Briscoe accidentally, it kind of came across in the way Mark Briscoe talked on the microphone like Dax hasn't actually spoken to him about it. Which it does. Dax, look, look, I really like FTR. I really like Dax. I love the whole aura about them and whatnot. Little bit of a dick move there. Not actually kind of, you know, trying to speak to him. Unless Mark just wouldn't take his calls or something. But, but Briscoe came out, basically said, what was the deal with you pile driving me? And Dax just went, look, it was an accident. Look, shake my hand, be a man. It's like, what? That's not an apology. You kind of feel FTR slightly... Yeah. yeah. It, that's why I'm wondering, is there going to be some kind of little double turn thing going on now? Potentially. Because it, even when... But, but the interesting part, though, to make you wonder what is Mark Briscoe going to do is they very clearly focused on the fact that Mark Briscoe went, I'm tired of this bullshit, slapped Dax in the face. So Dax got all hot. Then Briscoe went to leave and the Jarrett crew were on the ramp. And first of all, Karen Jarrett goes to hug Mark Briscoe. He just shoves her out the way, which was a really random moment. And he sort of just shoves Sanjay out the way, but then shoves Jarrett out the way, but gets to Jay Lethal and says, look, you're my boy and everything, but this bullshit's got to stop. And then he just walks away. So I think he's fed up of being stuck in the middle. Yeah. And he just wants it over and done with so he can go on and do his stuff on Ring of Honor. Exactly. So now it'll be interesting to see where 
how Mark Briscoe calls the match being the referee on Sunday. But that is an example of a really nice follow-up to stuff that's happened and just kind of is that final little bow before we get to the match itself, which I think is what... Bow is, is that uh, tie-in with Mark Briscoe's finisher? Froggy bow. Good, good, good shout. I like that. I to, that literally took me a moment to click that, right, but I got it. But, um, but for example, that is something, going back to the discussion at the beginning of the podcast now, that I think was missing with the whole elite thing. We needed something like that, just that final little bow involving all of them, to be No, clear. I agree. I agree. But at the same time, uh, Kenny might have had travel trouble, and then they might have to change yeah. something. So we don't know. I mean, it might happen on Rampage. Who knows? Exactly. It might follow up in the main event from Dynamite onto Rampage, mm. and then we'll all be happy. Indeed. So sticking on the, on the on the tag team situation, but let's talk about trios titles for a second because oh. this was the other interesting and cool thing on the show in that we got another trios title House of Rules tag match, which was the House of Black defending against Blake Christian, AR Fox, and Metallic. Really, really fun match. They've changed up the look of things from the initial House Rules match in that they've now what I've best described make it look like a bit like the Twilight Zone. It looks like a dungeon. Yeah, because they kind of had like a lighting effect where there were like lots of iron bars and the light was shining down on the crowd. But it had a kind of a twilight zone-y feel about it yes. to me. And it was a bit more lit in general, which is something I think we discussed that I thought it was just it felt quite dark and difficult to see. So heck knows what it was like in the arena. But Probably I... easier than us for on TV. As mm. I was explaining to you, mm. when they come out and you're in the building, it, it doesn't make a difference if the lights are on or off. You mm. can still clearly quite see them. Yeah. So... Um, they can probably see it fine in the arena. That's just my yeah. little side note. Mm. But but overall, though, I love the look of this House Rules matchup. This is what they're going with. I'm totally down with it. Also, they incorporated it into the House of Black entrance, having shots of the crowd with this new lighting effect. Yes. And But as for the trios match as a whole, really good fun. The, uh, the dealer's choice, i.e. the challenger's choice of rules, was effectively lucha tag rules, one man in, one, one man out. So, so when some... one's out, one goes in. Yeah, which I thought was a really nice thing. I've got no idea if the live crowd knew that or not, mind you. Well, to be quite honest, <laughs> I didn't catch it, so I wasn't quite sure until they mentioned <laughs> it on commentary. But at the same time, fantastic match. Mm. Um, I loved all the end sequence where like he had Brody King had Blake Christian hung over the rope again like he had Derby yeah. back at Blood and Guts last year, but yeah, because uh, really... it was like it was like a triple submission moment because I think it was Buddy Matthews had like the reverse Cloverleaf on the on a Metallic no, on AR Fox. AR Fox. Malachi had like a, a knee bar on on Metallic and then. Brody just grabbed Blake Christian and just pulled him out of the ring. And it was just mwah, chef's kiss moment. The interesting bit about that was, because they really made you have to think about it, is AR Fox got to the ropes, there's no rope breaks. Yeah. And, like, I find that really interesting because it's, it's different. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you're watching it and you're like, oh, I forgot that. Uh, so I, I, I just enjoy the House of Black in general. But, like, mm. I really enjoyed that match, to be honest. Those three wrestlers... Uh, AR Fox, Blake Christian and Grand Metalik mm. are uh, brilliant on Ring of Honor. Mm. So I'm glad they're on AEW as well. Yeah, it's nice to... Th this is this might be a discussion we could do on a different podcast at some point, but the way that Ring of Honor is just being integrated ever so slightly back into yes. the AEW uh, pantheon, if you will, I like this more than it just being all Ring of Honor on AEW for a while like it was last year. Because I enjoyed the Ring of Honor stuff like when Jericho was champion, but at least this feels like it's kind of like a, like a guest slot. Like, oh, ROH guy's in. Okay, cool. Do you wonder if that's to do with the fact that they're going to use uh, the bigger 
well, I say the bigger Ring of Honor stars for the Forbidden Door. So they're trying to establish them a bit earlier. Yeah. So when they're bought in, it's well, not I so. Mean, it's we all not know so who alien. they are, but like. Yeah you know why they're there sort of thing. Yeah, it doesn't feel like it did last year, which admittedly the whole last year event was a bit of a hodgepodge of people getting injured and stuff, so that didn't help. But at least if they're starting to gradually weave it in now, yes, that's a very useful thing. It was still a fantastic show and the best live show I've ever been to. <laughs> I'm so jealous you were there. But um, but elsewhere on elsewhere on the show, just a few other touching touching on notes, if you will. Uh, they, for one thing, they actually acknowledged that Willow Nightingale won the New Japan Strong Women's title, which I thought was just a really cool moment. But the other interesting point about this, they actually showed footage of Mercedes Monet in, from that match. You do wonder. Which makes you wonder. If she was supposed to come in the weekend. Hmm. Well, she won't be now. But yeah. is she going to come in a bit later on? Exactly. But the fact they acknowledge Mercedes Money on AEW television makes you think, okay, that may lead to something down the line. I mean, also, it just looks great for Willow. And I'm really happy for Willow Nightingale because she's got a great charisma and aura about her. And if you know her background and where she's come from on the indies, mm -hmm. you will understand that it's bigger than just what they showed on the TV. Yeah. And she's done very well. Mm to where she is now yeah she's done like a, a good a good number of interviews on various podcasts so do go and seek them out if you can it is definitely worth it uh, elsewhere on the women's side of things there was a little follow-up to tony storm and jamie hater where the, jamie hater outright acknowledged in a promo that her shoulders are a bit messed up which whether that storyline or not, i don't know and tony effectively said i'm just gonna rip your arm off and eat it so what cool most australians do with anything yep so i guess nothing against australians mm. So that's probably going to play into it. Uh, no Britt Baker on the show anywhere or any kind of follow-up to the outcast. She thing was announced for Rampage, wasn't she? Oh, was she? Okay, so that's why she was in a tag that match, but don't ask me to remember who she was again. Very well. And then the, the final note, I guess, is that Taya Valkyrie had a match against Lady Frost. She, but she should be signed. She's got some great moves on her. There was a moment where it felt like something occurred in the match and I'm not sure what happened. There was like a moment, but otherwise, Jade Cargill was watching from the ramp. Tyre hit the road to Valhalla, and we sort of got a little bit of a stare down, but that match is going to happen at the pay-per-view. And again, just another simple follow-up to that match, and I'm, I'm interested. But that said, I still I miss seeing Jamie Hayter wrestle. It's been ages now, but... Has it been that long? I thought she was in on a couple of weeks ago. I mean, it feels like it's been forever since she... Like that shoulder... The shoulder injury with Tony Storm, but... We'll see. I mean... She might be injured, she might not. She might be just mm. having a break or something. Yeah, exactly. But, very, very well said. Yeah. But uh, but otherwise, I don't think there's much else to note from Dynamite at all, aside from the fact that if you're watching the Fight TV version, the uh, the interplay of commentary between Taz, Tony Schiavone, and Excalibur was once again top-notch. The best thing on the show, <laughs> most weeks, for me, <laughs> is listening to them three riff off of each other. Because mm. that is genius stuff and if you fast forward through it my god you need to go back and watch 150 episodes of dynamite yeah and another fun element as well i don't know if this is like on the main tv broadcast or just like the the, the fight tv ad break bit but it was when danielson called out tony Schiavone for not having researched about like his background of wrestling bears yes just so random but such good fun and i did like the callback to regal Yes, that so, was a very and direct... nice to be here with the man in the mask. He also outright mentioned Regal as well when he was talking about this is like the way we instill the training of our neck muscles when Wheeler Utah got pile-driven to hell 
by Phoenix, yes. I think it was. Yes, yes, yes. There's a very direct callback to that. But um, yeah, like I said, I mean, in talking about it, I think I'm far more happy with this dynamite than I was thinking going into this discussion, actually. But again, still not a stellar dynamite. Perfectly fine. I wish there had been a bit more of a follow-up to the Elite, but overall, still a thumbs-up show. But as I said to you, do you think it's because we've had so much in the past? Mm. Do you think that we kind of expect a lot every time sort of thing? Like, Do we, do we expect too much? Yeah, I mean, mm. like, we get, like, amazing matches after amazing matches. And, I mean, regardless of what you think, like, AEW is, is on fire. Mm. But do you think, like, we expect a bit too much sometimes? Oh, yeah. When, when like, the easy <laughs> stuff is just easy. Yeah. You're not wrong, honestly. You're not wrong. But um, but on that note, I think we're going to start to wrap up here. But do you have any final thoughts before we close? They did announce uh, where Collision was going to be for the first... Good point. Yeah, they announced it was going to be from Chicago. Yeah, which which only means that um, Chicago gets another show. And, <laughs> That's uh... it. Nothing else. <laughs> nothing else significant is going to happen. Libel. Um, <laughs> it's going to be the United Centre where they had Forbidden Door last year, which is an amazing venue. So I'm hoping they've got something really cool lined up. I'd really like to see, like, some of the wrestlers that are going to be on uh, Collision on Dynamite the week before, so we kind of get... They get reintegrated mm. into the AEW world. Yeah, that, that's going to be an interesting part. And again, we might we might do a, a separate video on that at some point as to how to integrate... how to How to build up to Collision on Dynamite, given allegedly certain perhaps uh feuds with people or perhaps not um not not good let's say backstage relationships between certain folks definitely it it's going to be punk rock <laughs> well said with that being said folks thank you very much for listening and or watching we hope you enjoyed the show as mentioned at the top of the show if you did why not hit the subscribe button and if you feel so inclined tell a friend if you want to find us on social media on twitter we are at bunker mania uk and if you're watching if you're watching on youtube and you want to leave a comment let us know what you thought about this episode of dynamite let us know if you agree or disagree with us or if this has perhaps made you more excited or less excited for double or nothing from myself, Jeremy Grace, from him, Tom Limbury, we've been Bunkermania Wrestling. Until next time, signing out. <laughs>